Welcome to Bleach's BBC, the quarantine edition. And for this series, we'll be asking established people across the city of Berlin how they've been affected by the quarantine. What free songs would they put in their quarantine queue? And how they're dealing with the current political, environmental, and life crisis that is. Corona 2020. Tonight I have a very close and dear friend of mine, a very incredible guest, all the way from north of England after making their humble life there with a family of a sister and parents. They made their way to Berlin, the city we are here right now on this sunny balcony on this gorgeous afternoon where they are famously acclaimed for their gorgeously produced drag king collective, the Venus Boys, their private work that has seen them stretch miles and galaxies, if not. It's the humbling, gorgeous, most fabulous, one and only, Camp Dad. Welcome, Camp Dad. <laughs> Hello, Bleach. Uh, it's lovely to, lovely to be here, lovely to be on the show. Um, how are you doing? How are you dealing with the quarantine? It's... It's, it's, it's going okay, I guess. I keep to myself. I'm keeping busy. Oh, good. Yeah, How well, are you doing yourself, sweetheart? Yeah, I was going to say, it's meant to be you asking me questions, isn't it, really? <laughs> it's going to be difficult to get used to this role. But, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm good, yeah. I've been trying to keep myself busy as well, trying to not go insane. To be honest, I'm quite liking it. Like, quite liking the, the peace and quiet of it all, really. It feels like a holiday. Oh, or like, like a general strike that... Everyone just did. <laughs> I mean, it's true. We're all off work. We're enjoying the sun. And some of us have the lucky privilege of financial support from the German government. <laughs> yeah, well, fingers crossed, eh? Fingers crossed. <laughs> so, sweetheart, I thought we'd, we'd have a little chat and talk about your former self, a younger self, like who you were in the past. So you were brought up in the north of England. Tell us about that. Um, so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm originally from a little town called Burnley which is like an hour north of Manchester, um, northwest of England, East Lancashire, if you will. Uh, yeah, it's a lovely little town. It was a nice place to grow up, I guess, but it was, it was always quite clear to me that I was going to um, go away from there at some point. Um, and, yeah, so I did. <laughs> and where did you... I hear you ended up in Bournemouth and you studied art. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I, um, when I was, like, 18, I moved to Bournemouth and did, a, like, a a one-year art foundation, and after that went to Brighton. London on the sea, darling, yeah. Oh, gorgeous, I do love Brighton myself. Oh, yeah. What was you studying in Brighton again? Quite the intellectual, I hear. <laughs> I, was, um, I was studying philosophy, politics, and art, and I was specialising around, like, art theory and gender studies, gender theory, yeah. The theory of gender, all that stuff. Trying to figure out myself, I guess, in hindsight. Well, I'm happy you did, because you're such a gorgeous human being right here, right now. Oh, thank you so much, darling. Well, sweetheart, that maybe brings us to the first song in your queue of the Quarantine Queue playlist. Yeah. What is it, sweetheart? So, the first song that I've chosen for the queue is a song that reminds me... Um, it reminds me of Brighton, but it also reminds me of, of Burnley as well. Um, and it's one of those songs from my childhood that always just makes me... Um, it always just makes me smile. But it's also one of those songs where 
I know that other people don't really like it that much, so you can weaponize it as a way to get rid of people. Um, so it's probably a good one to get taken into a, into a quarantine. Um, and it is Natasha Bedingfield, unwritten. Oh, gorgeous, darling. Beautiful. Stunning. Music production at its finest, darling. <laughs> <laughs> it's the radio. I am unwritten. Can't read my mind. I'm undefined. I'm a beginning. Staring at the blank page before you Open up the dirty window Let the sun illuminate the words that you cannot find Reaching What gorgeous look! It's poetry really, isn't it? Come on, Natasha. It's pop poetry right for you. Feel it! Feel the rain on your skin No one else can feel it for you Only you can let it in No one else, no one else can speak the words on your lips Put yourself in words unspoken Live your life with arms wide open Today is where your book begins The rest is still A fabulous choice, Camp Dad. An absolutely fabulous choice. An absolute a banger, classic. Now. A banger. Fucking banger. And we really get Put a... Put that tune on, mate. If you're not smiling, you're not listening to the lyrics. And you do care. <laughs> <laughs> you do like people to be happy, don't you? You do care for the people. I try to, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> do we not all do that? Is that not... I don't know. It's part of the human condition, isn't it? So, how was the procedure of moving from England to Berlin, where we get to interact with you now as Camp Dad? Um, so, I first went to Berlin, like, uh, after Bournemouth, before Brighton. I had, like, a, a month in summer here. And I don't know what it was. It was just, like, a bit of a calling. Everyone was kind of talking about it, and it was just like, oh, yeah, i got to go check that out. And then came here, and I was just like, yeah, that's where I'm going to live. Um, and then, while I was in Brighton, it was always just like, yeah, I'm going to go and live in Berlin after this. And then when I finished my degree, just booked a one-way flight, never looked back. Fabulous. And you haven't looked back. It's been a gorgeous adventure. How has your time been in Berlin at the beginning? At the beginning, it was a lot of clubbing. Classic, classic Berlin. And then it was like struggling to find work. And I was a delivery cyclist for a while. And then I used to do guided tours of Berlin's history, which I actually really enjoyed. Um, and yeah. And we most commonly known you in the a drag sphere. How did you get involved with uh, drag performing in Berlin? Well, when I first got here, uh, me and uh, Thomas and Amy, who I came with, the, the legendary, probably, definitely, and me, Wilson. Of course. Um, we used to go to Monster Ronson's and get absolutely leathered. <laughs> and Camp Dad was pretty much born by me being absolutely fucking so drunk and just getting up on the stage after the show had finished and like dancing around wearing ridiculous clothes. My, um, my Brighton wardrobe has now become like Camp Dad's clothes because I used to just wear like ridiculous, ostentatious menswear. <laughs> I think probably because, I don't know, I was still figuring out my relationship to clothes and my gender and everything and you know what I mean. But yeah. Oh! oh. Apologies, apologies. Yeah. What is your relationship to gender now then? <clears throat> um. Well, I mean, it's interesting that it's like, I mean, I, I, I identify as queer, like, through and through, like, 
that's the that's the identifier that I sort of cling to the most strongly because it doesn't really discuss gender or sexuality. It's more of like a a perspective on gender and sexuality as being something that is not fixed and something that isn't certainly not fixed in heterosexuality. It's like a it's like a political stance therefore because it's a because it's this sort of perspective you're taking like a political stance against the normative view of gender which is sort of yeah heterosexual. So queer is I think the best way of just saying not not straight. <laughs> um and therefore also not cis. So yeah, I also I, I also identify as trans trans feminine. Um and I've been sort of over the past five years kind of finding my finding my home in that, finding my um finding my place within that, finding out what that sort of means to me. Because yeah, I think that everyone, all trans people aren't we're not given a script, we're not given like a we're not given a this is what you do and this is how you do it. We all have to sort of figure it out ourselves. Um so I've just been doing that for a while. But I'm feeling pretty comfortable in it at the moment and feeling pretty happy with my with my gender and the, the sort of the steps that I'm taking to feel good in my skin and feel good in my world. Yeah. And Berlin's been the breathing ground for that, I presume. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely it has. Um, I was really lucky that when I when I moved to Berlin, I managed to find a flat with two really fucking brilliant queer people who just really let me be whoever the fuck I wanted to be and, like, nurtured the parts of me that were... Um, queer or like nurtured the parts of me that were questioning myself and that were or just not even that just nurturing me nurturing the 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 sort of the real me the me underneath all of the bravadery um and of course that's the icons gray sonny smith and beau blonde of course yeah the manchester legends who have moved back to the city of manchester yeah We'll be talking to them very soon on the BBC, oh, I'm yes. sure. I'm sure, darling. <laughs> <laughs> so there you are in Berlin, drinking yourself into a pitiful hole <laughs> of dancing in Monster Ronsons. And the next stage, we see you on the stages of Silver Future with a collective Venus Boys. Could we yeah. talk a little bit about Venus Boys? How did this start? So Camp Dad was sort of born me being really drunk on the stage of Monster Ronsons. And then I ended up doing Geezer's Poke House. Um, and I also ended up doing Jude Ladovino's Dragaholics, oh, which are two stages in Berlin that are for first-time performers. And fucking hats off to Giza Polk and Jude Ladovino, absolute legends of the Berlin drag scene, because what they're doing is just fanning the flames. They're really just fanning the flames. And both of them were so inspiring and influential to me. They, like, they fucking fanned my flames, and I realised that I fucking love drag, and I that people, yeah, like, it's not just me that loves it. Like, they were like, oh, I love it. Like, do you know what I mean? It was nice to, to be encouraged. And I feel like I needed that, and I was. And then I guess when I started to sort of do more and more, I realised that, I don't know. Well, I mean, the... It's a bit em- lovely. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's, a bit, it's a bit lovely being like <laughs> Well, the emphasis on Venus Boys is the performative masculinity, which I guess we have to touch on. You are a drag king, a well-renowned drag king, not just a drag queen, of course. And what does that mean for you in Berlin to be a drag king? Um, I mean, drag kings are drag performers who dress up as men, or drag kings are, are drag performers who 
um, use the the gestures and the and the, the visual cues that imply masculinity. And I mean, I just am a drag king. Like that's that's just what makes sense to me. Like if I'm on a stage and I'm doing drag, then I'm being a drag king because that's sort of where I find the fun in it, and that's where I sort of find the the like the myself in it I guess like I, I don't know I, I spent so long learning how to do masculinity because I was protecting myself that now I'm using what I've sort of learned as a way to yeah communicate other ideas through drag it does that make sense it makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense to a lot of people we've seen glorious heights darling your fabulous display of drag at MX Coddy was absolutely stunning last year Thank you, and then of course we saw the incredible Venus Boys show with Freddie Mercury at Schwartz and yeah. the whole range of gorgeous collaborative efforts that were blossoming across the city yeah. and unfortunately here comes Corona and locks you up inside how's that feel? It's heartbreaking to be honest because I mean yeah like when when I sort of started Venus Boys it was all about trying to make some friends and trying to meet other drag kings and try and meet other people that were sort of doing similar things to me because like I knew some people in the city but I didn't like they weren't my friends at that point and I was like I want you to be my friends <laughs> um, <laughs> so we sort I like sort of started Venus Boys just as a way to sort of get a conversation going um, and it worked spectacularly like now we are all friends and it's and it's beautiful and it's lovely and we was, we were really doing it. Um, and you are doing it. And we are of doing course, it. Of course, Venus yeah. Boys are online every Saturday with the Digital Boys. Yeah. And I'm sure when this all blows over, we'll be seeing you on big stages. I heard there's a cinema lined up. There is indeed, but we'll, we'll have to wait and we'll see. We'll have I'm to wait sure. and see what's going on with that. Well, I'm sure that brings us so, nicely. I think the I think that just the reason that I'm the reason that I'm a little bit like Meh, about it is because, like. The, the month and a half before quarantine started, I was I was taking a break from drag and I was taking a break from Venus Boys just because everything had gotten so much and I had to figure out a lot of stuff to do with like myself and my own my own shit. Well, like I was focusing so much on Camp Dad that I needed to focus on Nancy. And then um, it's sort of like just as soon as I was finished doing that and I was ready to get back into it, now we're in fucking quarantine. <laughs> and I'm like, ah! <laughs> well, yeah. well. I mean, we're all faced with the same dilemma of the corona crisis, and yeah. I guess that brings us nicely onto our next song, which hopefully represents where you are right now in a lockdown, as it were. So the, the song that I've chosen to represent um, where I'm at right now is a song that I was listening to the other day on the way to the doctors. Um, it just came into my head for some reason, and I was listening to it, and then I was like, you know what, yeah, this is a good song to listen to right now. Um, and it's A Paper Moon by Ella Fitzgerald. Fact. It's only a paper moon. I should probably say the title right. Say it's only a paper moon Sailing over a cardboard sea But it wouldn't be make-believe If you believed in me It's Only a Paper Moon by Ella Fitzgerald from the fabulous year of music of 1964 there. <laughs> Camp Dad's uh, second song in the quarantine queue on Bleach's BBC. 
So, as we've heard the fabulous journey of you there, where and what are you working on right now in quarantine? I know I'm seeing beautiful images of your makeup on the Instagram at the moment. Yeah, so, um, so I guess because, because, I mean, this corona shit has been a big, like, whoa, what's happening for, for, for everybody? And um, I guess we've got to try and make lemonade. Um, and I was like, hey, I've got a lot of time. I've always wanted to try and have a go at doing the 30 days of drag thing, but I never normally have time because I'm working or whatever. Um, so I was like, yeah, might as well give that a go. So I'm doing the, uh, the 30 days of drag during April. Uh, it's not like 30 days of makeup because I feel like it's not just makeup and it's not even like wigs and costumes and stuff. It's just like 30, it's like a different collage every day, a different digital collage that sort of expresses a different drag idea or something. Yeah. Well, gorgeous, darling. We're all enjoying it. It's available on Instagram at uh, camp.dat. <laughs> I'm sure you're all following it by now. So you've said that you're finding quarantine quite well, but how has it affected you in other manners? How is your mental state, financial state, and your <laughs> overall well-being? Um, my mental state is actually quite good. Um, I was, I mean, I was just prescribed hormones the other day, which has been quite a long time coming, I think. Um, so I think that it seems like a, a pressure valve has been released or something in my head, or like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders or something. So I'm feeling fucking chirpy as hell, and I feel like it's the perfect time to sort of start a, a hormone journey when you're in this sort of sense of calm, because it's like... I can just focus on that, and I can focus on, yeah, yeah, which is, it's nice, it's good. Very good. My financial state, how dare <laughs> you, how dare you ask me that on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to lead to your gorgeous job that unfortunately is disparating at the moment, the gorgeous bar curlies in Vedding. How, how does this feel, this situation? It's heartbreaking. <laughs> it's a... Yeah, so in January, a new queer bar opened in, in Vedding, owned by the same people that, um, or like run by the same people that run Silver Future, Weserstrasse, um, Neukölln. And it was the perfect job. It was like, it was so nice. Like, I loved my colleagues, I loved the people that came in. It was like just good work. And yeah, it was really nice. And now, obviously, yeah, the bars were the first thing to close, so not doing it anymore, but soon as soon as it's over luckily it's it's i mean it's a small bar so i'm guessing they'll probably start trickling through all the bars and clubs like they're not going to open silver future at the same time they open Bergheim, are they, they mm. they're going to let the smaller places open first i guess and then it'll work like that so i'm hoping that that there's not too long until our lovely little queer bar curly from around the corner opens its doors again. I'm sure it'll be open very soon. Avdolf Strauss and is 17. And when it does, all you people better come and buy as many <laughs> drinks as you can afford. <laughs> we'll all be there. I hope you can all join us. Well, seeing as quarantine's been quite a difficult time and people have been put on the edge, I wondered if you've got any hopeful thoughts for when this is all over. How do you feel the world will look in comparison to how it did before? I mean, it's really difficult to say. There's going to be, there's going to be a lot to think about. <laughs> like people are really going to have to sit and sit and think about the, the way that the world works and the way that economies work, the way that globalization works. 
And I think there's going to have to be like a real uh, re-evaluation that takes place. And I mean, we've been saying this for a long time. Uh, I mean, environmentalists have been have been saying this for a long time that we really need to sit down and think about restructuring the way that our our economy works for the sake of our ecosystem. And I mean, it's kind of like a good thing there too then, because hopefully that might be taken into account when we start thinking about how the world might need to be restructured. People are going to actually think about the, the environment within that, I hope. And I mean, within the environment, you are a direct activist, a vocal spokesperson for veganism. How do you feel <laughs> this will interact after the corona crisis? Do you think veganism has a hope within this new world? Um, I think that veganism is the only hope for, for the new world. Um, I think that it pains me too much to imagine a future in which people are still doing what they're doing now because it is one of the greatest sins that mankind has ever committed, the contemporary ag animal agriculture industry. The amount of pain and suffering that it needlessly enforces is something that I think that our species will look back on in the future with deep regret. And yeah. Long live the vegan revolution, Long sweetheart. <laughs> so, as we touched on earlier with your uh, alcohol in Monster Ronsons, how is your relationship to alcohol now? <laughs> My relationship to alcohol now is quite good, yeah. Um, just the odd, the odd cheeky drink every now and again, but yeah. Very rarely get as wasted as I used to. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> No, just for people's birthdays and special events. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, that brings us neatly onto your last song of the uh, BBC Quarantine Queue this afternoon. What is your last song, Camp Dad? So, my last song is that one, you know that one by, by Elbow that goes, da, da, you know it. The, the 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 most popular one of Elbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe One Day Like This, oh. Elbow 2003, a very classical one. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, we'll listen to it together now. A song of hope. <laughs> How can you not feel like a new, better world is coming when you listen to this song? <laughs> Come on, everybody, put your hands in the air. Well, that was a, a gorgeous rendition of Elbow, One Day Like This, recorded in 2003 by the classic Manchester band that is Elbow. Well, now as we edge to the end of our time together, unfortunately, We're edging. Chad, <laughs> We're edging. <laughs> I do want to ask you, just one question of where do you see Camp Dad in the near future when this all blows over? Will we see more bollocks to Brexit shows? Will we see more Venus Boys shows? Where do you see yourself at? Oh, we're certainly going to see more Venus Boys shows. Um, that thing I know for sure. Um, outside of that, I'm not too sure. Um, I'm kind of open. I kind of, I kind of just go where the wind takes me, to be honest. I kind of just like see what happens um yeah theater darling that's the next big thing theater 
So we'll go on to the theatre. <laughs> you will be seeing Camp Dad in the theatre very soon. And as I close you off in a quarantine of a feared world of fascism when you're locked inside your room and they actually cut down the Wi-Fi, I have to give you the unfortunate option of which song would you save? Which song would I, like, download to, to like, have it off, off line? Off, off the grid? Oh, um... I think... To be honest, I would pick I would pick Ella Fitzgerald because I feel like that one would would stick a, little, a bit better. I feel like that's I'd get pretty bored of the other two fairly quickly. <laughs> I don't even think I could listen to them twice in a row <laughs> if I'm completely honest. But well, I know you're Ella lying right there because I've heard you sing <laughs> Natasha Benefield many times. But of course, of course, and of course, we will be giving you the full works of Shakespeare and the Bible, and. Uh, you can take a book of your choice. God, what else would I need? <laughs> that would be my top two anyway. <laughs> um, so third place would probably be... Um, I, would pro I would want, like, just a, the, whatever is the biggest book that exists. <laughs> like, a great, big, massive encyclopedia. I want, like, I want to know about space. I want to know about, like, biology. I want to know about geography. Chemistry, come on, give me a history encyclopedia, the biggest encyclopedia they've got. I mean, if you didn't know yet, Camp Dad is quite the nerd. So, as a final gift from us, uh, you're welcome to take uh, luxury to your quarantine. What would your luxury be? In the quarantine, um, I would probably take some lube. <laughs> <laughs> Keep yourself entertained. Keep yourself entertained, yeah. I mean, I, I find it quite useful as a, as a tool. <laughs> well, of course, I'm sure you will. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank you very much, Camp Dad. It's been a pleasure talking to you this afternoon. And I can't wait for this to all blow over and see you on a stage very soon. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely. And that brings us to the uh, end of Bleach's BBC with the legendary drag king performer Camp Dad. You're very welcome to look through our archives, which we have many other drag performers, such as uh, Sabina J, Rucco Lopesto, and Brigetta Oitai. And within the next few weeks, we will be hearing from many influential people across the city of Berlin. Until then, have a very, very good time, and goodbye from me, Bleach Beach.